ready. Ready? Jamie, are we ready? Uh, we're recording, so. Oh. I only just started 30 <laughs> seconds ago, not even, but. Mary's like, fuck, I thought all this was off the record, guys. <laughs> not cool. <laughs> Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Fix the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shove my cake off. And today we are discussing the ninth episode of the fifth season of Supernatural titled The Real Ghostbusters, joined by returning guest Naomi. Yeah, I'm here again. She's a real Ghostbuster. Am yeah. I? I don't know <laughs> if I would personally self-identify <laughs> as a Ghostbuster. <laughs> Rock up in overalls, so... They wear overalls? Well, I'm thinking of the actual Ghostbusters from the movies. Not overalls, but jumpsuits. Oh, you're like, yeah. a, hip, a, like, you're like the... a hop, skip, and a jump away. Don't look at me. I'm the only one in this room currently not dressed in an appropriate fashion to go on front ghost. So... <laughs> I think I'm wearing plaid. Draw your own conclusion. <laughs> okay. Did you guys have any way you wanted to start? Any opening thoughts about the episode? I will. I thought this would be a good segue. Now that we're talking about clothing, Becky's fashion sense is bad. <laughs> I was going to say it's um... iconic. Cause... Oh, okay. I thought it was really bad. It's hitting like, us with that real 2010 shit, you know? Yeah, the knee high socks or whatever. Yeah. yeah, well, like she had a plaid shirt with a vest over it, but the plaid shirt wasn't tucked into her skirt, it was just like hanging out. I, I think that may like, be the lesbianism popping out. Right oh, there. is it? I thought everyone tucks their shirts into their skirts and their high waistings that are also. I mean, I do, but. <laughs> I mean, they do literally, in this episode, talk about the homoerotic subtext of Supernatural. It, that's in canon! It is. I don't know if Supernatural fits into the gay agenda as in, like... I feel it, like it's, like, additional reading. Yeah, I think, I don't know, the inherent homophobia in Supernatural, you know, it doesn't fit in the gay agenda, like, it's not moving towards the goal, mm. but the interpretation of Destiel... And so many other queer relationships yeah. within the text. But like if you're if you're thinking about Supernatural as a whole, then I would say no. But if you're thinking about the fandom, yeah, we, I would say yes. I suppose the question is, do we think Amigaverse forwarded the gay agenda? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There are so many interesting conversations to be had about queer relationships and the way of relating to the world if you look at it through the lens of the Amigaverse. Mm. So yes, absolutely the Amigaverse <laughs> is part of the queer agenda. We have gotten off of topic, ladies. <laughs> normally, I don't care. But normally it's like, that's the point. That's the point. But I do think while we're talking in this general sort of ballpark, I don't want to bring it back to the episode. And something that confused me. At this quote-unquote supernatural convention within Supernatural, the demographics are like Mostly 90% men. dudes, 10% ladies. And only one clown. Which I feel <laughs> underrepresented. <laughs> I think that is wildly off base considering the rest of the canon about Supernatural within Supernatural. Like, we have seen those book covers. There is no way a series that was marketed like that, <laughs> with Becky being the super fan that she is, with the editor of Supernatural books within Supernatural being like the way that she, like, is. The way that she is, there is no way in hell that the Supernatural fan base is not like 90% women. Yeah. yeah. If they did that, right? If they had, like, mm. women. First of all, it would be very out of character for well, Supernatural. Yeah. yeah. And then they They'd would all have to die. have women cosplaying as Sam and Dean. And then if they had the little bit, the gay bit at the end, then they'd have to be, like, well, lesbians. And I feel like Supernatural's kind of against lesbians. I love that. Please speak more on that. Well, I don't really have much more to say. <laughs> I just feel like they are. 
Like, it's just a vibe. Where is the get. lesbian representation? I want to make a joke, but I can't because it's. Oh, is it a spoiler? It's a spoiler. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, are we thinking about Charlie right now? I am. Because isn't oh, she a lesbian and doesn't she die a violent and horrific death? Yeah. I was gonna make a joke about specifically the method of death. Uh, I know exactly where the lesbian representation is. Yeah. Like, as a location, I know exactly where it mm. is. And I can't make a joke about it because yeah. Jamie's here. I forgot about that. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to be reminded. I'm so sorry. I found out about That's that. That's probably the vague lesbian hostility yeah. you were thinking of. Yeah, so that is against the lesbians. <laughs> Alright, so this right. is another strike against Supernatural forwarding the gay agenda. Okay. Yeah, I we'll like... have a tally score. <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about the gay agenda, <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of points that I want to make. I think we all do. On the gay agenda in this episode specifically of mm. Supernatural. First up, Dean is confronted with a gay couple and his immediate response is panic. I think he, he says, howdy partners, which is hmm. wild. Really makes you go, hmm. Tombstone energy. <laughs> the other point I want to make is it's just so fucking weird that they're like, hmm, yeah, these two people are canonically in a relationship. We're going to make them pretend to be brothers. That's what we're doing. And third point on that point, do we think they had a glow up and like Barnes became Castiel when they introduced Castiel? That's an interesting question to ask. Here's the thing. I am not a fan of incest. It is not something that I personally enjoy. I avoid the content myself. However, I know that there is a large proportion of fans who do enjoy it and, you know, good for you. The issue with Supernatural in like the earlier seasons, and I'm counting this as an earlier season, it is in the first third, and its representation of fandom is that everything is shown as a joke. And so I think that this is part of that. I had a note that just says, Dean looks at gay people because there is like a thing in Supernatural where every single time, and it doesn't happen often, but when we do get queer characters introduced, we almost always get a reaction shot of Dean. And he always just makes this face of like, he's surprised to be reminded that gay people (laughs) exist every time. And this episode is no exception. We get it twice. We get it when they mention that there's going to be a panel about the homoerotic subtext of Supernatural. We get the Dean remembers gay people Mm, exist face. And we also get it when at the end we have the reveal that the two cosplayers are romantically involved. And so you again get the Dean looks at gay people. And it's so interesting because Sam doesn't make this face. Yeah. And Sam is not the one we get the reaction shots of when we're reminded that gay people exist. I just think it's interesting. I have a note in here that says that, you know, when when a guy says sweetheart, Mm -hmm. I hate it. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, Dean says sweetheart. And I was like, why does that not annoy me? And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it was like when gay people say sweetheart. It's when the queers say it, it's fine because, like, it's not threatening. It's about the intonation. Yes. It's like, if it's, like, condescending or, like, infantilizing kind of way, it's, like, really uncomfortable. But he's saying it in a way that's, like, I've got your back. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what he follows it up with. Like, it's it's supposed to be a term of endearment to be, like, it's okay, I've got you kind of thing. Yeah. And it does play like that. But, like, that's, like, it's interesting because I feel like Dean says sweetheart a lot. And it's not always in that, like, it's sometimes, like, he's... In a sleazy way. Flirting or whatever. But, like, this was, like, a little bit queer to me. <laughs> I definitely yeah. think, though, the scene at the end, though, is Dean panicking because he's realised... I don't even think it's so much that, like, there are a couple... I think that's part of it. But I think what the other thing that's really, like, panicking him 
is that it's someone who is queer is pretending to be him. So he's like, oh, like queer people relate to me to the point that they want to be me. Like we made actually, we were talking about this on Wayward Parents yesterday. For context, we recorded our episode on episode eleven. Everyone, um, no tears of a clown. And you almost said everyone loves a clown. I did. I did. I do know what's really funny. They played that song in the episode. Like it's a nice nod, but. There is a part of the plot where basically you, if you look in a mirror, you fall under this spell, right? Mm. We were joking about, you know, like the Taylor Swift lyric, I'll stare directly at the sun but never in the mirror, mm. and we were relating it to, to John in this instance. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, he's looking into what is essentially the mirror <laughs> and seeing himself as queer, regardless of, you know, context. That's what he's yeah. seeing. He's seeing himself in, in a position of being a queer person. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm surprised, though, that we didn't get a Dean reaction to the guy pretending to be Dean who was wearing eyeliner. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> that may have killed him. Do you know what's, like, interesting? So, like, watching that, like, the end scene, my gaydar is always very strong, but I didn't really pick up on gay vibes for those two. And then right at the end, they're like, oh, no, we're together. And I'm like... We're a bit more than friends. I'm like, okay, but that just seems so ingenuine like i didn't pick up on the fact that you guys were like like i was like you guys are buddies i didn't get any gay vibes Mm. and i don't know if that's just the writing or if that's my like inability to like i didn't pick up the first time either like it just feels like it's written by a straight person (laughs) yeah it's also just the thing is it's out of nowhere and it's clearly played as a joke because this episode and part of the reason why we wanted to have naomi as a guest on this episode or rather i did because jamie didn't know what it was going to be about but is because it's a good episode to talk about fandom experience, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, it'd be good to have someone else who is, you know, or was in the fandom yeah. and, like, have a chat about it. Because I brought this up when we had Becky introduced, but I feel that, like, unfortunately, in the earlier episodes where we're talking about fandom and Supernatural, it's in a very jokes at the expense of the audience yeah. way. And I think that this falls into that category. Like I said, I am not a fan of Wincess personally. However, I don't appreciate the authors of the story picking fun at yeah. the audience especially in like i said in the episode with becky initially it feels like punching down because it is the actual creators of the story going haha you guys are stupid yeah and that sucks yeah this episode i have a very like love-hate relationship with it because i think there are parts of it that are really fun and then i also think there are parts where it's like they're making fun of people who like cosplaying and they're making fun of people who are really excited to ask questions at conventions yeah. they're making jokes about how it's off limit to nerds or yeah. like go play Star Wars or whatever. And it feels yeah. dismissive of fandom culture. And I don't love that. But it's also like they're making fun of people who watch their show. I know. Like what? No, they're making fun of people who read the books. In the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like a group of like, what, 30 people in that audience? I actually wanted to mention the fact that there are empty seats yeah. in the audience. Like there's a number of empty seats. There's no one in the last you know two rows. Normally, if it was a show, I would be like, oh, they're just trying to, like, they're trying to save money. They don't want to hire all the extras. But I think it was very purposeful yeah, yeah. that the audience was not full, despite okay. the fact that it's not a very big room. Because, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. When, okay, so I've gone to two supernatural conventions. Two more and, than either of us. Yeah. yeah. And the first one, they had, like, a panel of the actors from Supernatural, but Jensen and Jared weren't there. Only Misha was there. And it was a really chill convention, but, like, there weren't that many people there. Like, there were empty seats. So it was quite chill and lovely for me as an introvert. But then the one with Jensen and Jared was, like, fully packed. <laughs> I wonder why. Like, it's almost like they're the main actors in the show. 
Actually, I don't think Jared went to it. I think he flaked out and didn't go. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, actually, I remember yeah. there being drama about that, yeah. actually. I found the one with all of the main cast, so the second one I went to, was, I don't know, they just had an energy, yeah, more of like a not fun environment. So that's why sometimes fan experience aren't all great. Is this why you were a Misha stan back in the day? I don't know if I was a Misha stan. It was a lot easier to, like, connect. Like, because he had, you know, his YouTube channel, and he had Gishwares, and, and he had tweet Twitter. his fucking mobile number. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so it was a lot easier to be, like, a fan of Misha. Because the parasocial relationships just really built themselves. Yeah. I feel like really Misha was experimenting with how far you could push the parasocial yeah. relationship. Like, he looked at that and went, hmm, I, what if I fucked around and found out? And yeah. I feel like Jensen and Jared took more the approach of, like, the traditional celebrity, quote unquote, yeah. of, like, no, no, there's, like, a layer of separation yeah. between us and... Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, you you can do whatever you want. If you want to interact with the fans, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But I found it was a bit more fun. A bit more chill and laid back when there weren't quite so many big names there. Yeah. Okay. One thing that I, I will maintain, and I will maintain for the rest of my days, is it would have been funnier if Damien and Barnes had made Sam and Dean Ed and Harry. Oh my god, like, you're so right. I'm sorry, why are you making them Rufus and Bobby? I was like, I was so ready for them to be Ed and Harry. Perfect. I was so prepared for it. And then they just didn't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, Ed and Harry have been introduced at this point in the book. Yeah. Because it goes up to the end of season three. It goes up to the end of season three. They have met Ed and Harry. Why did they not make it Ed and Harry? Like, that is... That is actually such a missed opportunity. And it was written... So the title play for this episode was Eric Kripke, but then it was written by Nancy... What could her surname? Nancy Wiener. So, like, that just feels like a, a missed opportunity on their part. Because, yeah, Ed and Harry, that's, like, the perfect joke. Yeah. Like, the dumbasses who think they're hunters, yeah. but actually they're full of shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Though it is interesting, though, that they did cast Dean specifically as Bobby and Sam as Rufus. I don't know if it's that serious. I don't know if they even thought about it, but, like, also. I assume not. I did love, though, that <laughs> when Dean's like, all right, enough is enough. And they're like, what's wrong, Bobby? Like, <laughs> it is hilarious. And like I said before, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with this episode because I do think it is very fun. And I do love the nods that we get yeah. to, like, cosplay and to, like, LARPing and these kinds of things. Like, I love that we get shots of people who have the, like, demonic black eye contacts and even the yellow eye contacts. I love that we have shirts in the background that say, got salt. A quick note, Jamie did admit that this would be the kind of merch she might actually wear. (laughs) I probably wouldn't because it is still Supernatural merch. But historically for fandoms that I have actually been in, subtle merch like that is the sort of merch that I did lean. Like I'm not one for a like... You You don't want Jensen's face front and centre on your shirt. Yeah, No. I definitely wore merch that was, like, very, like, you know, you knew it was merch. Mm-hmm. But I think if I was to wear merch now, I'd want something really subtle. Mm-hmm. Or, like, just a little tiny logo or something. Like, just, like, a hint of no. Like because then, like, the people yeah. who actually, you know, engage with that fandom... Then they'll recognise it and you can connect with them. Yeah. But, and like, the everyone else is just not going to know. Whereas if you have, like, you know... I'm imagining, you know, I think it's the season five promo shots that are just so bad that I saw circulating around Tumblr. Every single season has bad promo shots. I I'm, I'm imagining one of, like, the trio on, like, a shirt. <laughs> like, yeah, it is there, like, their faces, and they're, like, morphed together weird. Yeah. Or is it season three, season... and it looks like they're, like, screaming, but they're, like, not, and I it's multiple that... versions of <laughs> yes. their face over. <laughs> That's the 
funniest one. That's somewhere between seasons one to three. Like, yeah. that was really early promo, and it is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And maybe we'll make it as, like, the promo picture for our tweet. Mm. When this episode goes out, I'll find it. I wish sure I had it. seen that when I was in the fandom, because I've only seen that when you showed me that. Yeah. And I was like, how have I never seen this before? <laughs> but it's insane that someone approved that. It's so funny. Early um, 2000s marketing is something else. I feel like someone just found a, like, like a, I don't know, a filter or something on Photoshop, and they were like, wow, this is really cool. This is so hip and yeah. edgy. I found it. It was season two. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at them. It's stunning. Why have one version what? of their faces? We should have I just a banner on. I think. This, 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 this is the one. I want to do an episode where we just analyse promo bass. No, just that. Because I feel like there's some kind of meaning. You know, we'll like, do a bonus episode, which is just us looking at the promo photo for season two and just dissecting it. It has to mean something. It just looks like when you look at it and you're like, wow. Someone it, had a vision and it was just poorly executed. May, no, I mean, maybe it's really good. Maybe it just needs to have a deep dive. I, maybe, maybe it's the many faces of, like... The many faces of Dean Winchester. Yeah, yeah. Similar to... Uh, I mean, look at that art. <laughs> look at it. What was the panel from this episode, Frightened Little Boy, The Secret Life of Dean? I yeah. think maybe that. <laughs> also, on that, I do really want to, like, maybe draw us back to the episode oh, yeah. that we're supposed to be talking about. But no, so to be very specific, the season two promo images. If you've never seen them, Google them right now. Like, pause this episode, have a quick Google, have a giggle, and then come back. It's a delight. If you're ever sad, I promise, looking at these photos will cheer you up. <laughs> And if you're ever doubting your graphic design skills. Yeah, actually, that's a really good Just point. remember, someone got paid to do that. I'm so glad I'm not a celebrity because, like, oh, same. imagine if we had to... But also, the thing is, they, they're not just going to live forever on the internet. They were the official promo <laughs> photos released yeah. by the network. Like, this, this is why the CW was unprofitable from 2006. Like, this is why. So this isn't just, like, someone was fucking around on Instagram and posted a bit of a dodgy... These are official photographs. Okay, so like, what year was this? This season so, or those photos? Those photos. So 2006. This, yeah. Okay, so where where was the photo going? Was so it they would have been released television? to like magazines like, and stuff. And magazines? There are magazines like, with Supernatural? It was 2000. There are still magazines. With yeah. Super- what? Remember two years ago when I found a calendar, not just for Supernatural, but a specific Jensen Ackles calendar oh, when I'm I was sure doing I my Christmas that. shopping? I laughed so hard. I would have had that because I definitely had a Supernatural calendar and I didn't want to throw it away. So I had it on this, my wall for like three years. The funniest part about this though was the timing because I found it Christmas 2020. Oh, that's which means that it was just after the finale went to shit. I mean, you should have bought it. I your really bedroom. should have. It would have just been so funny. We could have put it in our podcast studio. I'll try and see if I can find wait, one. Wait, wait. I love how you said like a Jensen Ackles Supernatural. No, 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 no. Wait. Not Supernatural. It was oh, Jensen Ackles. It had his name on it. No Supernatural branding. <laughs> nothing else. It was just him. Oh. I was imagining <laughs> That's why Dean. it was so funny. No. Because you know how I like to call Dean Jensen Ackles with <laughs> Like, yeah, when we're watching the Winchesters, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, look, it's Jensen Ackles, not yeah. Dean." Jensen Ackles. Oh, he does his Dean. monologues, and you're like, "Shut up, Jensen." Yeah. No, it was wow. specifically a Jensen Ackles I can't calendar. Buy that. I just laughed so hard. Hang on, I want to see how much they're going for now, because maybe we can get you one. 
for when you get your studio set up. So we can put our recording. That's going to be in my home, so no thanks. But it's going to be in the studio. You can have a leverage one too. Oh, wow, look at this one. I'm sorry, but, but what, see, this is, what is the picture for June? But, like, these are all, almost all supernatural. Oh, my God, no, the one from March is hilarious. But these wait, are all... Rain? Oh, my God, wait, yeah, which Jen's knackles... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should make a Twitter poll. <laughs> Jamie, you're this one where he's got his hand on his hip. I mean, that is him as Dean. Winchester. I think this is so f- But see, this is the problem. Yeah. These are mostly stills of pictures from, like, conventions and stuff, yeah. right? The one I saw was not. It was, like, an actual Jensen Ackles calendar, all from different photo shoots. I- not from Dean, not from the show. How did I pick out June but not October? Look at October. Guys, this is such bad content. Which no one can October? see what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love October. <laughs> This is like when I made the Jensen Ackles, like, Dean Winchester collage <laughs> in Word. You should make that into I a I wish calendar. I still had that. It's from CB Gifts Studio on Etsy. To be clear, we're um, not making fun of the creator. They're hustling hard. They're doing their work. Like, yeah, I appreciate the grind, honestly. Yeah. And clearly there's a market for it. I just but... think it's hilarious that you could have Jensen Ackles toes on your wall for the entire month of October. Wait, is it because of Halloween? Is it because it's spooky? I don't know. He's got his toes out. Probably I is. love that December has the, like, frosted tips. Also, I did, I was like, oh, I wonder what the season three promo images are like. The DVD cover looks makes it look like they're in a gay cowboy movie. It does. Here's the problem, right? You know how we were talking about how Supernatural, within Supernatural, like, the books are clearly marketed towards women because yeah. all of the covers look like they're from romance novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does that. Yeah, but they're marketing I it like... for women. I don't know what the Kmart equivalent is. I assume Walmart. Oh, yeah. But I could be wrong in that because I also don't. Because I know that Kmart sold cheesy romance novels with the, like, you know, sexy covers. Bodice rippers. What? The what? Bodice rippers. Bodice rippers. I've literally never had that time in my life. What is bodice rippers? It's a very specific genre of fiction of, like, normally historical, but, like, you know, it's a wilting maiden and she just needs a big, strong man. Like, I got you, like Bridgerton vibes. Yeah. Yep, 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 gotcha. But I did find the season four DVD image, and I love that we just, Castiel's yeah. been in it for like four episodes at this point, <laughs> and he's already on the DVD cover. And Central, too. And Central, like, too. We understand yeah. that he is the main character now. Yeah. Just... They're like, we know where the money's going to be made. Mm-hmm. It's Misha Collins. Yeah. Anyway, the episode that we're supposed <laughs> to be yes. talking about, holy shit, okay. So, so I really hope you enjoyed that tangent that we completely cut from the I podcast. I don't even remember what we talked about. Let's bring it right back. I kind of want to talk about, like, we've been talking about the fan experience. I kind of want to talk about the fans in this episode. I do really like the cosplay. I think it's very yeah. fun. I think, like, all of the cosplays are hilariously similar because, like, everyone looks the same. But, obviously. you know, it's pretty, considering it's a book, the fact that they've all gotten the outfits, mm-hmm. like, they've all interpreted it, like, correctly, mm-hmm. is, you know, like... Quite impressive. Yeah. Props to Chuck's writing style. Yeah, do you know what? Chuck says that he's a bad writer in this episode, and I'm, I'm going to come back to this later, but he's clearly at least describing their outfits accurately. Yeah. You know? I love that. I'm imagining, like, a My Immortal-style paragraph describing exactly what Sam yeah. and Dean look like. Either everyone's gone and wore the same plaid shirt, yeah, but also, I feel like there is more variation in their outfits than in the actual show. No, I feel like we've seen more different shirts from the boys than we got. Because it seemed like there was, like, two shirts that we saw a lot. They're in the Sam shirt, they're in the Dean shirt, 
Or they're not dressed as one or of the Or they're dressed they're the as like... Yeah, but then they have the hoodie. Azazel or... Hoodie, the... Sam, Sam and Hoodies was very like season one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or is it either season one Sam or finale Sam, but clearly they're not imitating finale Sam. So it yeah. has to be season one Sam with the hoodie. Because I think the only time we really see Dean in a hoodie is in Faith, and that's because he's literally dying. Otherwise, he's wearing the MacGyver jacket. Then they do the FBI badge. How do they all look? It is so funny. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is why I'm like, kudos to the cosplayers and also the costume department for this episode. Not only did all of them rock up in the plaid and yeah. denim cosplay, but they clearly all also brought suits to change yeah. into <laughs> for the sake of laughing. And that is such commitment. It's iconic. I love it. Respect. I'm personally like, I don't cosplay. I just don't have the commitment to it. But this is excellent. Yeah. See, because it's really funny because I, I do cosplay and like, I would probably never cosplay as a character from Supernatural. One, because I don't have that sort of dedication to the source material. <laughs> and two, because none of the like costuming is iconic or specific enough for uh, me to want to. I argue Castiel is maybe the most iconic cosplay option. What do you say on that one, Naomi? Well, I cosplayed only as Cat. I did like a firm cast. I love the fact though that because the books in the show canonically have ended at season three, mm-hmm. no one's met Cass in that room yet. Which means here's the thing that I know that if any of them had met Cass, ninety percent of that room would be dressed Cass. as Cass. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's excellent. I also love that we get when Chuck is trying to like come up with content to keep them in the room, and he's like. How do you guys feel about angels? They're nowhere near as lame as you think. Like, <laughs> iconic. <laughs> do you think that's also just because he knows he still has, like, either, like, Michael or Raphael or some archangel on his shoulder protecting him? And he's, like, trying not to slander the <laughs> angels? Actually, okay, so maybe let's talk about Chuck for a minute. Okay. There's a lot about Chuck in this episode. Do I you think, guys have any thoughts? Particularly? Yeah, 100%. I think we saw Chuck's villain origin story this episode, <laughs> which is that Becky likes Sam more than him because he's like low-key pissed because she's like fixated on Sam, which like, here's the thing though. I can't even fucking blame her because like, obviously they're not my Blorbos. Yeah. But if there was like a show that I was like a massive fan, like, like Leverage, I went and I discovered that the people Leverage is based on are actually real. Everything in Leverage happened. And I met Parker. I too would be obsessed with Parker if I met her in real life. I can't even blame her. Like, I am also that level of nerd. If I knew that a character that I was obsessed with was actually a real person. Well, do you reckon that you would, like, there are fictional characters that, real, like, they're funny on screen, but if I met them in real life, I would kill them? We've been rewatching Parks and Recreation. Yeah. It's probably an important yeah. note for <laughs> And the thing is, like, we literally had this conversation, like, two nights ago, like, because I was like, I love Chris Traeger. He's so funny. Yeah. He's iconic. Literally. If I knew him in reality, I would want to kill that mm-hmm. man. Yes. I'd be like, so hey, I also love Parks and Rec. And it's like, it's like flip, split 50-50. I think it would be a blast to meet April Lovegate. I think she would be so fucking funny. I think, like, that would be a move. Meeting fucking Ben. He's such a nerdy little dude. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also think if I met, like, Leslie or Rob oh, yeah. or fucking Andy in real life, like, I would want to murder someone. I feel like they would drive me insane. But because you're watching it, it's fine. you're not, yeah. like, you know, you're not actually engaging with them in real life. So you're yeah. like, yeah, it's funny. But, but I also do understand because there are still characters that I'm like, if I met them in real life, 
Yeah, because like everyone's like, oh, I'm a Dean girl. But I'm like, yeah, cool. I totally understand that. But I met Dean in real I life. Know. I'd be like, you're a little serial killer. Get away from me. <laughs> I will fear for my fucking life. Yeah. Like, you know? Here's the problem. I Dean is my blue I love him, right? However, if I like met him in real life, I would not know what he was saying. That man speaks oh, in yeah. so many fucking he pop is, culture references. The, I'd be like, you're not speaking English. Literally. I don't know what you're saying. Literally, Dean speaks like Lorelai Gilmore. Um, I've never watched Gilmore. Yeah, else. well, okay, because like every second freaking word in that bloody show is a pop culture reference that no one understands now because it's so like dated now. <laughs> That's what Supernatural's going to be like. You know? That is a problem with a show that is one run as long as Supernatural has. Like, even though it only ended a couple of years ago, some of the references from like season one and two and stuff are so. Like, Anyone want to go and watch Porky's? Yeah, well, <laughs> that reference wasn't relevant when they made it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I feel like it's just relevant to the writer's taste. Yeah, <laughs> you know how people talk about how Shakespeare is like hilarious, but only in the context of the time it was written. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was funny. To people who were alive at the same yeah. time as Shakespeare. Yeah, and he was making up his own words anyway. Yeah, he was like, haha, I'm just gonna say elbow, and that's yeah. just gonna be a word now. Whack. Anyway. Time for a conspiracy theory. Oh, okay. okay. This episode is fucking all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who invited Naomi. Yeah. yeah. You should have been prepared. <laughs> we obviously, we have like a standard baseline chaos level. Yeah. But, like, when me and Naomi are in the same room, we're you guys, like... You're just so excited to bully me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brain doesn't go linear. It goes in yeah. circles. And, and here's the thing. My point Naomi's brain goes in circles this way. <laughs> my brain goes in circles this way. My and brain that's in the middle just screaming. I was just saying, my brain's screaming. We don't know what this way means. Everyone else can't see what you're doing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie forgets about how to run a podcast. As Naomi has just reminded me, this is an audio-only podcast. I shall elaborate in what I mean. My brain is a circle running clockwise. <laughs> Naomi's brain is a circle running anti-clockwise. And I'm the bit in the middle of the clock that doesn't move, but yeah. is screaming. Anyway, I'm so sorry. You have a conspiracy theory. I want to know who the Scandinavian investor is. Because I feel like the Scandinavian investor is going to be important. Like, they put it in as a throwaway joke, but also, like, it's kind of significant that some random wealthy benefactor (laughs) has come along. Taken an interest in Supernatural. And taken an interest in Supernatural. Like, it doesn't seem like a coincidence that Chuck now has the funds to finish publishing his books. Okay, this is so stupid, but can you imagine? I don't actually know, like... Other than, like, obviously... So, can I just ask you, do we ever find out who the... No. Okay, so it is literally just a random joke. Yeah, it's it's just fucking some random, I mean, they would have to be good writers to bring that back up. (laughs) (laughs) They'd have to actually remember what they wrote. (laughs) Okay. But I was like, this, it feels significant. Like, why else bring up the fact that he's going to be publishing again? Yeah. And, like... Because you'd think someone would want him mm. to be publishing. They might have an ulterior motive. Because who's like, reading these books? Apparently not Sam and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here's the thing. Like, Sam and Dean are like, oh, wow. It's like, why would you not read the books? It's like very clear that Chuck knows exactly what's fucking happening. And if you need any clarity on any fucking plot point in your goddamn life, why are you not reading the book? Do you know what is so funny to me? Is it really gave me Naomi energy? Because do you remember <laughs> the last episode we had Naomi guest on? And you were like, Naomi, do you not listen to the podcast? And Naomi is like, no, I hear you guys in real life. I don't <laughs> need to listen to the podcast. 
And it's like the same. Yeah. It's like Sam and Dean are living their lives. They're like, why the fuck would we read the books? But yeah. the problem is they're missing key lore. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> because like, it's not all just about them. No, this is why you should listen to the podcast. Yeah. I'm pitching it to you. I won't. I know. Because and it's okay, I forgive you. Yeah, because I'm just going to recap from you after you record anyway. Yeah, but you're missing the lore. <laughs> <laughs> My key Sometimes. thing is, it seems weird that they would say specifically that it's a a single wealthy Scandinavian investor and not, oh, I just got picked up by a different publisher. Mm. And obviously now I know that they're literally going to do nothing with it. But like, um, I mean, but, it, I assumed it was like an angel interference thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, See, they, want, I, they want the Gospel of Winchester to be written. That's fucking hilarious because I assumed it was the opposite. I assumed that it was like fucking Crowley or something. Yeah. Because like, let's face it, like the demons could get a lot of benefit out of Actually, knowing exactly good, what the fucking Winchesters are doing. That's a good Fucking point. And I've never considered that. And if they're in control of the publisher, they'll get the first draft, so they'll get the information as soon as possible. Do you know what's really? However, sorry. No, no, no. Um, didn't Chuck say at the end of the episode that he's writing more books? Well, like he promised him, no, I won't write any more books. I don't know, man. He also said, "But I'm poor and need money." Yeah, and then I was gonna say, like, which like very valid of him. But like, like, but like he's like, oh, I I need money to live. But I'm like, yeah, just books. Not kind of that big of an audience. Convention is so tiny. Well, like, to be fair, to be fair, in terms of like, if you're talking about conventions and then audience size, I've literally never been to a supernatural convention. Mm. However, I would say that it's pretty obvious I'm a pretty big consumer of their material. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not necessarily representative because, like, if I lived in a place where I had easy access to supernatural conventions, I would go. But unfortunately, to go to any reasonable supernatural convention, I have to get on an aeroplane. You're looking at at least oh, a couple of uh, hundred dollars in flights, and that's, and that's if you go just to, to go to like a different state. But yeah. I don't like, even know. I don't know what America's like. People none of will this all really be like, do. "Yeah, I just road trips to this other fucking state," and we're like, "Yeah, we would have to fly there." You know? I mean, you could road trip, but it would be at least 18 hours between states. Like, the, the landmass of Australia and the United States of America is basically the same. Yeah, like, the actual landmass, but they have 52 states. We have yeah. seven. Yeah. Well, um, and territories. While we are talking about Chuck, though, I do want to talk about, first of all, kudos to Rob Benedict. Mm-hmm. I think he kills it in this episode. Oh, yeah. I love Rob Benedict. I also so love much. the little outtakey bits they did at, at the, the end, end, where it's clear that he was just like having a ball. Yeah, it's fantastic. I like the idea that him coming up with the convention, like, add-ons, was just him spitballing. Yeah. And here's the thing. Tagging onto the end of your conspiracy theory, there is actually a conspiracy theory attached to this episode. Oh, relevant okay. to Chuck. And I'm going to ask, I don't, are you aware, Naomi, of the conspiracy theory I'm about to bring up? As someone who was in the fandom? I don't remember anything about it. That's fair So she may know about it, but she doesn't remember But it. I meant to joke in memory. Yeah. Did you pick up on anything specifically regarding to Chuck that could add to the Chuck is God that at this point was a fan conspiracy. I don't think there is anything like really specific that I thought. Wonderful. Because that means I get to break the news to you right mm. now. Okay. Chuck, when he is trying to keep everyone entertained to stop everyone from dying because of the ghosts, he's talking to the audience and he's clearly just like pulling shit out of his ass mm-hmm. to anything he can tell them to keep them entertained, right? He tells the audience, I fell in love for the first time at 16. Lost my virginity, actually. But then she went around telling people it didn't count. Now, think about oh. why Why was Jesus' birth a miracle, guys? Because Mary was a virgin. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> oh. 
So the joke is, and people literally took this and were like, Chuck is God theory. Yeah. Because Mary literally went around telling people, I'm a virgin. This child is a miracle. I've never had sex. It's not possible. I love that. (laughs) Mary's such a girl boss. I literally have a note that's just like, Mary of Bible fame. (laughs) So yeah, Chuck is God theory was like really running strong at this point in the series airing. Partially because of that joke. But they don't tell us who the fucking investor is. Yeah, right? We get Bible lore, but we yeah. don't. <laughs> of course, it's supernatural. While we're on that, like, Chuck is yeah. gone. I also want to talk about, at the end of the episode, when we have the tiniest sad violin playing yes. as Becky is sort of apologising to Sam because, you know, it's not you, it's me, and, like, you know... I've just fallen in love with God now. Yeah, here's the thing. She's run away to go to Bible camp. Literally. When Sam's like, oh, you know, like, I, I guess I'll just have to find a way to move on. <laughs> Becky goes, God bless you. Which is just so funny to me. Oh, no, actually, no, this is, I forgot. I did have a specific point of God theory, like Chuck is God theory. Oh, really? Was not the Mary thing. It was this scene. Oh. Because Chuck is writing the story, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He wrote this scene. Sam is not upset about Becky moving on with Chuck, but Chuck is writing this scene. So he gets to choose the, like, music and sound (gasps) cues he gets to choose the tone of the scene because Chuck is writing the scene. And guess what? It makes him feel better as a person. That's so If he funny. thinks Sam is sad about it. Chuck is God theory, this scene. Chuck's the one writing it. Of course he's going to write it from the perspective that Sam is absolutely devastated. I also think it's interesting that like Chuck, as the author, has like a romantic interest in one of the people who is most passionate about his work. Like, I just feel like there is something Such to say there. Right, yes, yeah. exactly. Vaguely predatory. Yes, exactly. It feels icky. Yeah. There's like a power imbalance also, there. I mean, he's God, so yeah. clearly. But, you know, like, yeah. he's a bit whack. I also love the description, like a monkey on the sun, it was too hot to live. <laughs> Why the heck did Becky lick her hand? I know! Like, what was that about? I, I was like, that is so honest. Like, she could have just blown a kiss. This is what I was talking about in the last episode we had with Becky. Like, I have Don't. such mixed opinions on her character. I am glad that they just had Sam give, like, an awkward wave. I'm glad they didn't do anything with, like, him catching it or anything weird like that. Well, that would have like, been one really out of character. Yeah. But they could have. They could have made it worse. Yeah. Oh, actually, that reminds me of something that I wanted to point out to you guys, which is that at some point we have the two guys who we sort of follow as mm-hmm. their... Damien and Barnes. Damien and Barnes. Thank you. I keep forgetting their names. Where they are trying to solve the like the laughing puzzle and they have this like interaction where oh, who plays dean jensen ackles no <laughs> damien um, damien where damien's like <laughs> the guy from the calendar you know <laughs> um you have damien kind of make a dig at barnes being like stay in character if it's just me i look stupid and i was like is this a dig at darb is this a like <laughs> The whole thing about how we're like, he can only have one of them in character at any given moment. What I do love, though, about the ghosts, right, in this episode. Yeah. I want to do a quick shout out to, again, with Supernatural casting, impeccable child actors. Mm. Those, like, little kid ghosts, so good. Mm. So good. 
is he Scandinavian or German or whatever? German. He's meant the to be hook, German. He's like, oh, supernatural, bringing us more creepy children. No, I fucking love this shit. <laughs> it was up right. to me, every supernatural episode would feature a creepy child. Like, yeah, it's incredible. I and think like, children are just inherently creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, honestly, though, supernatural, we've talked about this relatively recently with, I believe, the children of the future. But for some reason, supernatural, like, the one thing they always get right is casting child actors. Mm. Like, even Finn Wolfhard was in Supernatural, and he does... Was he? Yeah. In, like, I think, like, a random later season. It, it was before he did Stranger Things. Supernatural but, casting people who are far too famous for the CW Supernatural. No joke. They somehow, I don't know how they do it, but they cast their children so well. And actually, I had a note. One of the, like, evil ghost children mm. really looks like the young version of the villain from Meet the Robinsons. Is his name Goob? Oh, the little kid, the little emo kid. Yes, yeah. Right? They're like the short. Hair. Yes, the like, <laughs> the like shorter kid who's like evil in this episode looks exactly yeah. like that cartoon child. I am so bizarre. grateful that I'm not currently sharing the brain cell with you. Guys. Wait, no, I have to show Wait. you. Look at this child and tell me that's not the kid from this week's episode. <laughs> like, look at this kid. I'm yeah, not crazy, right? <laughs> it's just he's wearing, like, baseball clothes. I love how this week we were really like, you know what our audio-only podcast means? <laughs> Images. <laughs> Visuals. I also loved the line, a real-life dead ghost. <laughs> I, my favourite line was when they're like, what's your name? And Dean's like, Dean, the real Dean. And I was like, the real Slim Shady. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny is this is not even the only time that he does this and every time people laugh in his face it's really? so funny yeah all he needs to say is the character was based on me imagine having someone like being in that situation like yeah it's me the real it's me, me. hi <laughs> while we are talking about dean though there is another moment in this episode that just makes you go hmm and i don't know if you guys know what i'm about to say next i doubt it i rarely do dean's response to finding out that Letitia Gore quote-unquote, scalped her child, mm. is, I'm going to burn that bitch extra toasty or something along those No, no, no. So I, I wrote this down because Damien, who is impersonating Dean, says earlier on in the episode, we'll light her up nice and toasty, and then Dean, upon finding out about Letitia Gore, says, I'm going to deep-fry this bitch extra crispy. And I put them as comparative lines because I thought they were interesting. We also had later on, give me the map chuckles, followed by, you're the chuckles, chuckles, and... It's so interesting watching them play the character mm. that they're literally opposing. It's great. But anyway, yes, that line. Really just makes you go, hmm, doesn't it? Mm. It's almost like Dean empathizes very strongly with children and hates child abusers. Yeah. I wonder what Dean would do to someone who, I don't know, left his children abandoned for several weeks at a time in motel rooms mm. and expected mm-hmm. his eldest child who's like, eight to care for his youngest child who's like four hmm. like i i just it's almost like he wouldn't respect that person yeah i just really would love to see dean's reaction to someone who's like negligent in their child abuse you know mm-hmm. which brings me to my psa of the day Ooh, okay naomi beth what do you think my psa is i actually was actively thinking about it this week and i couldn't really come up with one that i didn't think we'd somehow touched on before like, I was like, oh, you could do, like, fact-checking, but we've done that before. Like, we could do, like, respecting people just sort of generally. We've done variations of that before. Like, I don't know. Don't abuse your kids. Top, I have actually, top tips with Naomi. I have yeah. actually had an anti-child abuse PSA previously. So that is not oh, my PSA for this week. 
No, my PSA for this week is cosplay is not consent. We've had consent before, but this is specific. This is specific. Cosplay is not consent as a member of the cosplaying community. Solid PSA. While we're still talking about the cosplayers, though, I do want to make a note about how all of them kept lowering their voices as yeah. part of their cosplay. And What's I just hilarious, think it's so though, funny. is this is before Jensen and Jared started lowering their voices right? for a Dean. Like, because canonically, the cosplayers are cosplaying either season one, two, or three, yeah. Dean and Sam, who have not yet met Misha Collins and decided, this is the only <laughs> <laughs> So, like, this is how they're interpreting their voices before. Yeah, it's like, do you remember in our pilot episode and you were making fun of how deep their voices are and I laughed at you and I was like, Jamie, you have no idea. They sound like infants here. They don't sound like infants if you go from the beginning and then you like watch it all the way through. So then if you go, if you go back, you go back yeah. and you're like, oh. What is so funny though is like, because we made this point earlier, they're basing it off of books. Yeah. Which means that Chuck has to be describing their voices as like deep and guttural. Gradually, like, it's like reading like, fanfic. Like The Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get too far away from John and his shitty parenting and just like child abuse in general, the entry from Dad's journal that they read out. I love the love Dad at the end. That's what I was just gonna say. It's like love Dad, and that's how you know it's not canon. Yeah. Also, the homemade EMF reader was a little vibe. It was so cute. I feel like the actual EMF reader though that we saw in this episode was different to the original. Yeah. So the one that Dean has in the fourth episode. Phantom Traveler yeah. is only in that episode because it's made out of a Walkman. Oh. But the EMF reader that they used in this episode is the one we usually see. That's sad. I like the I Walkman know. better. Well, so do I. But Sam made so much fun of the Walkman, I wonder if Dean just kind of like sadly hid it under a backseat mm. in the Impala and then they just used the one from that point on. But the Walkman has so many better explanations. Yeah, and also it's homemade and I think it's really cute, but no. They are, they only ever used it in that one episode that I remember. Did Sam ever make them or did Dean just make them? Dean made it. Dean is way smarter than Sam. Like, <laughs> See, this is actually a reoccurring conversation that we've had on the podcast because, because everyone keeps on calling Sam the smart one, but Sam is so fucking dumb. There's literally... Like, a, the angels keep on trying to teach him shit and he doesn't take anything away. Yeah. Like, net zero. Dean takes away a message. It's not the message the angels intended, but at least he takes away a message. Sam is like net zero. No information has been absorbed. Like, they keep telling you Sam's smart because Sam went to Harvard or whatever. Stanford. Oh, yes, Stanford. <laughs> I don't know, they're all the bloody same. Jeez, Amy, brush up on your law. We have, like, two unis. <laughs> I don't know all the names. But, like... He may be book smart, um, but he's fucking dumb in every other regard. I actually have a note kind of adjacent to this, and it's Sam being so offended about the fan saying how it's so obvious that Ruby is evil and manipulative. Yeah. And it's like, he's like a little offended, like, excuse me? Like, it's yeah. so funny. It's like, Sam, baby, sweetie, everyone knew and was actively telling you. Yeah. Like, you, it is obvious. He like, knew, Bobby knew, like, fucking everybody, like, yeah. other demons were telling him <laughs> that Ruby was fucking evil. He was like, no, but this demon's the exception. Yeah. She likes me. But it's the it's the younger sibling. It's like you have to have you know you have to make the mistake for yourself. Yeah, you have to have the lived experience. Otherwise, you, like the amount of times I tell my siblings, "Hey, um, I've had this lived experience. Here's a tip for you: don't do this thing." And then they're like, "No, I'm not going to listen to you." And then they go and do the thing, and they fuck up. So, you know the scene where they're digging the grave and they're like, oh my god, I'm dying? That's so relatable because, like, every time I do any physical activity, I'm dying. Like, like, <laughs> Are you also, like, like, Supernatural made this look so easy? Yeah, but also, I was thinking, I was like, these graves are never that deep. 
Is it just because they're really old graves? They're not very deep? Because, like... No, even back... Like, they still would have buried them six feet. But they weren't... They didn't look like they were that deep. Why is it six feet? I don't know. Because it reduces the risk of infectious diseases spreading. Yeah, yeah, I get so burying it deep, though. But, yeah. like, how did we come to the decision of six feet? It seemed like a good number. Because it's person height. Oh. Is it? So they wanted to bury them as deep as possible. Oh, yeah, so they had to climb out of the hole. But they need to be able to climb out of the hole. And they clearly had an invented ladders yet. <laughs> So they didn't want to make it so deep that they couldn't get out. Anyway, so <laughs> supernatural episode. Oh, I want to talk about Vamp Chuck, which is what makes Becky go, what is hello, badass motherfucker. Oh, okay. I do I- love the fact, though, that they gave Becky the Castiel reaction shots. Yes, they, <laughs> they really did. I tried to write Vamp Chuck in my notes and my phone auto-corrected it to Bamboo Chuckles. <laughs> it made me laugh so much that I left it. The lighter scene was really relatable as well. Because I don't reckon a light a lighter either. Well guess me is the most lighters that you get in Australia are like the sort of lighters where they only stay lit as long as you hold You're down holding the it. Yeah, right. Like, obviously you can get lighters like this that do like hold the flame until you like snap them close. But generally speaking, the lighters that you get in Australia are the sort of that like if the you don't are not holding pressure on it. But it what, just it goes out. And what is the cost of a lighter? Because every time they flick the lighter and then they throw it in the grave and then the lighter is gone. Why didn't they just get a match? This is actually like, honestly like a fandom debate of like, for fuck's sake, you guys are literally waste. homeless. You don't have money. Yeah, not Dan <laughs> giving the guy 50 bucks. 100 so bucks. Because he gives him 50 twice. Oh, that's how that Start the conversation. Oh, and then <laughs> to- that's what 50 plus 50 is. It is. I don't like that advice, but I'm pretty sure I got that right. Wow. Yeah. No. And also, really he pays bad. for the round of drinks for Barnes and Damien at the yeah. end of the episode. But he stole the money from them and then told them that he was like, <laughs> Now they took it out of Chuck's wallet and they were like, you know what? This is financial compensation. Yeah, this, is, this, is this is our royalties. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One thing, though, that I really did want to address in this episode mm. is just I think this is a, an especially traumatic episode for Sam in particular because he almost loses his hair. Well, they both almost lose their hair. Yeah, but for Sam, Sam cares so much more. So much more tied into his personhood. Oh, actually, I also want to talk very quickly about the fact that Dean literally says to Sam, like, just give her the puppy dog thing. I got it. I also want to talk about the actress who pretends to be the Letitia, Letitia, Mm -hmm. the ringtone going up. Mm -hmm. First of all, fucking comedic gold. Hilarious, perfect, iconic. I also want to make a note. That would never happen to someone of our generation mm. because no one has their ringtone on, I silent or vibrate only. I literally have my phone only on silent mode. I don't even, even on vibrate. So every time I lose my phone, Beth's like, oh, do you want me to ring it for you? I'm like, don't worry. It's on silent. You might be able to find it anyway. And I'm like, I guess it's just lost to the fucking void. I don't even know what my ringtone is. I have a very significant point that I want to make. Uh-huh. And I'm making it now so that it is on the record. Oh, is this a prediction? Is a theory? No. Oh, okay. I am putting on the record now that we get Crowley name dropped in this episode. We do. If we do not fucking meet Crowley next week, I am going to throw a riot. I may rage quit. If there is one thing that can make me rage quit this fucking podcast, it's <laughs> not getting Mark Shepard. I love Mark Shepard more than anything. And if I do not get Mark Shepard really fucking soon, and now they're taunting me. <laughs> the is a supernatural, like, we're going to name drop. Mark Shepard. If I do not get Mark Shepard, I quit. Like, do, you, do you think you're going to prefer Mark Shepard in Supernatural or Leverage? Leverage. 
I think my opinion on Crowley would be very similar to my opinion on Sterling because I've been told they're very similar characters. Yeah. But like the difference is, I I like leverage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is, I have taste. <laughs> I'm I'm ready if they do not give me if they if they do not give me Mark Shepard Crowley. Okay, while we are on the note of Crowley, I have a bone to pick mm-hmm. with this information that we've been given. First of all. I really love Crowley as a character. Obviously, Jamie hasn't met him officially yet. Do you have a strong opinion on Crowley? Or I think Crowley is a character. Um, That's such an interesting <laughs> observation. I yeah. obsessed with that take. I don't know. Please I, tell us more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have like strong feelings around. Like I enjoy him as a character. Mm. I enjoy the banter and the wits. Yeah, you know. So like you like Crowley, but you're yeah. not like oh my god, I love Crowley. Like, yeah, yeah. Like there are other characters that were introduced after Crowley that I prefer more because I feel like some of Crowley's character development is a little like stuck. Yeah, like he doesn't really get that much of a character arc, and the character arc he does get, I don't enjoy that much. I think that he does get a really interesting character arc. However, part and people have given me flack for saying that I don't like season eleven of Supernatural. However. Part of why I don't like season 11 of Supernatural is what they did with Crowley's art. Yeah. I fucking detest it. Yeah. So, you know, sorry, Jamie Purpose, mild spoilers. No, for that's you okay. There. I'm I'm just thinking in my head, there are so many flags and I decided to ignore all of them <laughs> this entire conversation. <laughs> but no, I have a bone to pick. Becky refers to Crowley as Lilith's right hand man. What is she talking about? This fucking Ruby. Right? What are they talking about? We have never heard of Crowley up to this point. If he was Lilith's right-hand man, we absolutely would have heard about him by now. And also, what the fuck? Like, completely discrediting Ruby and all of her hard work. That's so supernatural. They're like, wait, They're like, wait, wait, forget wait. this well-established <laughs> female character. Yeah. We're going to give all the credit to this one man we haven't even seen on literally, screen yet. Literally, yeah. Literally. Literally um, Dean crediting Sam with starting the apocalypse. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, wild. However, what I do love is Chuck being like, I forgot, like, I didn't remember. I'm not as big of a fan as she is. Yeah. And I think that is a really interesting commentary on the audience knowing more than the author. It reminded me a lot of that scene from Parks and Rec, where Ron is at the hardware store and he just goes, I know more than you. Yeah. And just keeps walking. We had a really dumb discussion about it, actually, in Playthings in season two. And I was talking about how the actors and all the people who are the creators behind the show typically don't actually watch the show. Mm. And so they forget. What has happened? They deal with it day in, day out, day in, day out. And so they never bother watching the final product because, like, I already know what happens. Because, like, I've worked on it. It, Yeah, exactly like Sam and Dean not reading the books. And so, like, this is my point. I think that, one, it could just be a funny throwaway line, but I actually think that it provides quite an introspective commentary on the fan experience versus the creative experience of what it takes to look at a narrative, especially a narrative that obviously at this point it's only season five and they thought it was going to wrap up, but like a narrative that is as long and convoluted as Supernatural. So I totally get it, like you're thinking about it in like terms of a TV show because there are lots of departments doing all the different things and then that all comes together to make one final product that not like those people probably don't see the full finalized product that everyone that gets aired. Yeah. Yeah. Like so only the fans will see that. But I feel like in the context of the episode, Chuck, it's a book. Chuck is, yeah, Chuck is writing a book, which is a different media TV show. Like he should be the only one who is kind of full control over like what happened in the book and like the storyline. He should know. And what's also, going the other on. thing is, it's not like she's citing something 
read or need. Like, she's not like, oh, this one description in this one chapter where he described his hair as this. Like, no, no, this is like a plot. Like, this is a plot point in the books that you presumably wrote. However, I do see where they're coming from because if I wrote a book, I would forget what I wrote. But I also fully get it, because we make a podcast and, like... I don't know what yeah, half the no, shit we've said is. Yes, no, like, 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 Beth will be editing an episode that I've been on, and she'll be like, oh, remember when you said this? I'm like, that wasn't me. I never said that. <laughs> I just don't remember anything that I say. Ever. I, like, I, I could say something, like, 20 minutes ago, and don't, I don't remember what I said. I'm pretty sure that our last episode description for the episode you were on, which was at the time, Lucifer Rising, the quote i put at the beginning of our episode description is how am i meant to help you write an episode description about something i don't remember quote naomi because that's literally what you said when i was like you were on this episode what do you think should be in the description (laughs) yeah no memories i don't remember anything i say so nothing can be held against me (laughs) in a court of law yeah no although if someone could somehow take my voice and manipulate like the voice to say anything you're not going to give us an example. You're not going to give us a sound bite. No. You saying something cancelable? <laughs> you would have to edit it out. I'll just put like a redacted like beep noise. Like a- okay, if someone took my voice and did anything with it, I couldn't say actually I didn't say that because you I don't remember. remember. People could gaslight me so easily. Oh, gaslighting people! I wonder what Bethany knows about that. Hey! Uh, She's really cross with me for quote unquote gaslighting her. About, about the trickster. Okay, no, it's not gaslighting. You agreed to it. <laughs> you <laughs> consented to me openly lying to your yeah. face. So, joke's on you. Yeah. She was also really mad that about the Lucifer vessel thing. I'm madder about the Lucifer vessel thing. Which is wild to me. I think she should be way madder about the Gabriel trickster thing. But here's the thing, I though. love, I literally don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I had two recurring <laughs> predictions. One was that All the, the demon tri- blood, actually. Wait, what was the Lucifer thing? So, I was, I was like, oh, it makes no sense that Lucifer's this random dude. It should be Sam. It makes no sense. Blah, 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 blah. Like, if they're setting up a parallel, they're not doing it correctly, it should be said. She's like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, Supernatural's just bad. <laughs> and she believed that. Though. And I believe that because it's true. Yeah. So, no, she was, like, gaslighting me on main. Well, what was she going to say? Exactly. Actually, Jamie, you're correct. You should be my lawyer. I wouldn't remember anything you told me, so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, we need to get off this. this. She could have said, I mean, it is a possibility considering, like, we're moving forward. But his current vessel is named, what's it fucking called? Nick. Nick. Okay. I want to talk about the fact that Sam and Dean are kind of being, or particularly Dean actually is kind of the target of this, are confronted with the fact that people are romanticizing their lives, right? Because yeah. I think that's really interesting. Like, we've talked about before how it's interesting that, you know, you when we have hunting sort of presented to us, it is kind of romanticized, right? But then every now and again, they remind us of the reality that they're literally homeless, you know? Yeah. And, like, they actually have no money. And actually, it's bad. They don't have food. And they're squatting. And so it's interesting, like, that we have them actually confronted by people who are actively romanticizing their lives and, like, playing it out as if it's, like the melodramatic reenactments we get of genuine melodramatic moments that Sam, like, arguments that Sam like, and Dean have had. emotionally traumatic moments. Yeah, like, and we're watching them being played out 
for shits and giggles, basically. You know, I just think it's very, very fascinating, you know. And Dean goes on this sort of monologue where he's like, what's wrong with you? Why would you choose to be this guy? I think the Dean and Sam story sucks. It's not fun. It's not entertaining. It is a river of crap that would send most people to the nut house. Their suffering is not for your entertainment. And then I was like, that's a really interesting callback to like, misery is the whole point. Your misery is the whole point. And then those guys shoot back with like, I don't think they care. They're literally fictional characters. Yeah. And it's like, then Dean has to like, sort of sit with that for a minute because they're basically looking at him dead in his face and going, you're not real and your suffering means nothing. Yeah. And Sam is just kind of standing there observing this happen. Like, Thank Sam's- God Dean's not Tinkerbell, otherwise he would have died then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Sam just standing there like, he's just really into the story. Like, he's just real passionate. Like, mm-hmm. Sam's still, like there, like, acting like it isn't also his life that's yeah. being played out in front yeah. of him. Well, I think it's also just really interesting because a lot of the stuff that's getting said about Sam is, like, I don't know how to put it into words, but, like, the sort of stuff that they're discussing in terms of Sam and Sam's storyline is like, oh, you know, top 10 moments before disaster. Yeah. Like, why would the Top 10 anime deaths. (laughs) Why would he trust a demon? Like, all of this sort of stuff. Whereas the stuff they're talking about in regards to Dean is like, what was it fucking, it's frightened little boy? Yeah. Like, the secret life of Dean Winchester? Like, it's very much attacking his, like, we get a lot of jokes sort of at the expense of Sam's choices. Yeah. We get a lot of jokes about the expense of Dean's most vulnerable points. <laughs> you know, like, they have the joke about the homoerotic subtext. They have the joke about Frightened's little boy. They have Which, the... They're talking about the homoerotic subtext. This is the end of season three. Yeah. So, like, they haven't even gotten the homoerotic subtext yet. Mm, like, like, it hasn't become the homoerotic subtext show yet. Like, they're in for a while. Yeah. Right? Like you said earlier, the next convention will just be Cass. Don't they say at the end of the episode... I don't remember, what are their names? The Barnes and Damien? Yeah. How do you know this? Like, how uh, is that yeah. stuck in your brain <laughs> <I don't>... so well? <laughs> yeah, when they're like, oh, well, you know, we we don't, like, want your life, we want, like, the relationship you have. I've got the quote, which is, you're wrong, though, about Supernatural. I'm not sure you get what the story is about. To be Sam and Dean, to wake up every morning and save the world, to have a brother who would die for you, who wouldn't want that. Yeah, it's... I would like to say for the record that I'd prefer to fix copiers. Yeah, same, honestly. Then they, like, talk about how, like, they're together. They're obviously, like, in a relationship where they care about each other a lot, otherwise they wouldn't be together. Yeah. So, like, why do they feel like... You need to have a, like, blood bond. You love someone, you love someone. Yeah. Like... Exactly. And I think that, I mean, obviously, again, with Supernatural, back at it again with, like, homophobia, like, the fact that the two of them are in a relationship at all is the butt of a joke. I find it very interesting, though, that some of the very rare canonically queer characters that we've actually gotten in this fucking show, they've been like, oh, yeah, but no, we're not going to actually make them queer properly. Because then that just comes with the implication that the writers don't believe that they actually love each other. Big yikes! <laughs> because their love isn't real because it's They're queer. Not. What's really frustrating is that Supernatural is so annoying. Like, you basically have these characters and they're like, yeah, we can have these two queer men be in a relationship because it's a joke. Yeah. We can't have, like, we can only do it because it's a joke and it's a joke at the expense of what at the time was the biggest ship, like, or one of the biggest ships in fandom, right? Like, for where the where the book series cuts off, yeah. that was the biggest ship that was in Supernatural, right? It's frustrating that it's like, oh, we can have gay people, but only if we're making a joke about it. Yeah. Like, only if it's a joke at the expense of 
the audience and also at the expense of queer people. Mm. And also, a note that it's a queer audience as yeah. well. Like, because they are members of the audience in this scenario. Yeah. And, like, they even had them say, like, we met in a supernatural chat room. Like, it's a very complicated and nuanced topic that I do not, like, we don't have the time to properly unpack. Yeah. No, because we spent all of our time on other random Talking bullshit. about a Jensen Apple's calendar, yes. Like I said at the top of the episode, I have very complicated emotions about the presentation of fandom within the complex of Supernatural, specifically mm-hmm. in these first five seasons. Like, I think that it gets a lot better as the show goes on. We certainly have episodes like fan fiction in season 10, which I think handle it better. And mm-hmm. like, you know, we get Becky later in, in later seasons who has her glow up. And, you know, we get characters like Charlie. We get laughing again in later seasons and it's, it's pitched very differently, you know. Yeah. So I think that they certainly handle fandom topics better as it goes on. And there are some parts of this that I really love. And there are some parts where I'm like, to be fair, it probably went down a lot better when the episode actually aired. I also think it's just hard because we're used to, like, at the time this aired, we weren't really members of the fandom. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like neither of us were old enough to truly participate in the fandom as it was in, like, what, 2009 this would have aired? Uh, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So so I didn't join fandom spaces until, like, 2012, 2013, 2014. And you were similar to me, weren't you? 2014. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe fan spaces were significantly different. They would have been. Because of, you know, the internet and the way that changed fandom relationships. But, like, I don't know. It just, it's an episode. I do want to say, though, the weapons on bungee cords is a brilliant idea. I'm imagining, like, a Wii strap. Like, <laughs> you know, like, for, like, the Wii remote, like, the, the strap. Like, yeah. The, yeah. You know how I've made jokes before about, like, salt hula hoops? There was literally, like, discourse in fandom about, like, why don't they put their weapons on bungee cords? Why don't they have salt-filled hula hoops? Like, these are genuine questions. What if they got a carabiner? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Dean with a carabiner <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> that is actually, oh, my God, the baby girlification of Dean yeah. Winchester. <laughs> Genuinely, though, that would be iconic. Yeah. You know that Cass would come home one day with a carabiner and Dean mm. would be like, you can't wear that. <laughs> But yeah, no, stuff like the bungee cord and the salt hula hoops and like uh, holy water, holy... Holy water, um, water guns? Yeah, you know. Holy water guns. Yeah, like those things are stuff that the fandom like were joking about and were like, you know, this makes sense. And like they actually called out the Winchesters as well now. Like we've had a holy water gun on the Winchesters. Like mm. it's fun to have them included. Didn't you also bits. have a demon bonsai tree in the Winchesters though? Yeah, look, there's been some interesting choices made over there. We'll get there eventually. We've got 10 seasons more of this shit to go first. But, yes, no, I did love the guy making the, the observation about the bungee cord. I'd love also that at some point, I promise it's Sam or Dean, where one of them's like, you know, maybe we should actually put these on a bungee cord. Mm. Like, maybe right after would- they've squared off against the three evil children, Firefolk or whatever they've been using has been knocked out of his hand. Yeah, like, wouldn't maybe we should want- actually consider this. Wouldn't you want to keep a little bit of iron on you? Even in just a small form. One of the things that people always talk about is it's stupid that they don't have iron rings. Because then you could punch a ghost. Mm. Why do they not have that? Dean yeah. wears jewellery. Why is none of it made of iron? Yeah. Like, it's so dumb. Like, how much iron do you need to kill the ghost? Do you just need a little bit? Or do you need a big... Oh my god, this is going to be one of those fucking science tangents. Okay. No, no, no. I have I have a better point that's going to derail us in a different way. Okay. <laughs> Castiel gets Dean an iron engagement ring. Oh, that's so cute. With, like, a salt crystal instead of a diamond. Yeah. <laughs> And then they get married and they have matching iron weddings. That's actually so cute. So I have a couple of other, like, sort of semi-serious points that I do want to, like, make very quickly. First of all, that 
we have the cosplayers saying, like, if all of these people are really in trouble, then we have to help. And Dean's like, why? And they're like, because that's what Sam and Dean would do. And, like, I appreciate that it shows, like, a genuine, like, they're like, we idolise these characters, but this is why we love these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, because we we like that they want to help. They see someone in danger, they see someone suffering, and they're like, okay, well, what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. And so, like, they throw themselves, like, they put their whole pussies into this case They've yeah. only just learned that ghosts are real, like, two minutes ago. And they've already, like, done some shots about it and decided that yeah. actually, if they're going to know that this shit is real, they're going to do something about it. And I do appreciate that for them. Like, I like that we got this genuine moment of them being like, if we are going to emulate them, we're going to actually emulate them. Yeah. And it's not just about the performance of them being Sam and Dean. It's yeah. like, no, no, the, when it matters, we'll also do it. And that's... Also, like, a really important point about how you wrote with characters well. Like, if you have characters you connect with, you have strong models, and it's a, like, role model as well. I'm never it. I'm just sad that no one was dressed up as Ruth. Mm. Or Meg. Well, or Bella. Like, we had no female characters. Yeah. Like, there was no Lilith cosplayers. Oh my god, I just realised they were talking about how Sam was obviously being manipulated by Ruby. They haven't even had season four. They're talking about season yeah. three. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, I just realised, because I think the most overt Ruby manipulation is obviously season four. Yeah. So I just always forget about the season three They stuff. don't even know about the demon blood stuff yet. That German fan is going to be real pissed when they read season four. He's going to be like, he's oh dead. my god. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Jesus, I clearly am not with it today. He's going to be reading it. Uh, in hell. Because it's hell Crowley. Hell. Crowley's the wealthy Scandinavian <laughs> Wait, would he go to hell? I don't know, he was really fucking rude about the books. I don't know. But like, the angels get, really seem to like the Gospel of the Winchester. If you so. get killed by a ghost, would he become a ghost because he's like his death or does he Not necessarily. I'm so lost. What See, are you like, talking about? Within the law of supernatural, <laughs> theoretically, he could be like, no, I don't want to leave. I want to hang around here. And he could become a ghost. But right. it really just depends on whether like the Reapers could get him to move on. Because they're going to try. Regardless, they're going to try. It's whether he decides to stay on. Right. And I don't know if getting murdered by a ghost would make you pissy enough to hang around. Yeah, also the fact that he was killed by a ghost, I don't think impacts. Oh, it's not a ghost. It's not like, oh, if you're killed by a ghost, you become a ghost. Or if you're killed by a vampire, you become a vampire. Like, I guess in some circumstances. (laughs) But if they drain you entirely of blood, they don't wake up a vampire. They're just dead, you know? But then you could be a ghost. But then you could be a ghost. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) A ghost fire? Like, is that... (laughs) You're like, I, I feel like Dean soul. had a boyfriend who was a ghost pirate or something. No. But also not no. We'll get there eventually. My favourite boyfriend. <laughs> Wait, Castiel becomes a vampire? Yes. <laughs> I don't Castiel's the ghost boyfriend. Uh, do you know what? Also no, In but also 15, not no. Oh my god. That, do you know what? This episode <laughs> is going to be a mess. So anyway, back to Chuck. I also want to talk about the fact that Chuck says, I'm not a good writer. I have no marketable skills. That's Us starting a podcast. Good point. I, I just love that he is literally the self-insert author character of Supernatural. And he's like, I'm not a good writer. I'm like, like that's a self-burn. This was teleplay was done by Eric Kripke too, and it's which also is so funny. Carver Edland is his bloody like username essentially yes like his pen name is that what it is yeah pen name it's so funny i'm like yes shade yourselves i love it when you do this it's so fun doesn't make the writing any better though well if it's self-aware i feel like that's meta i feel like it's a commentary but also 
17 being like, our lives are not for public consumption. <laughs> like, fuck, man, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> Someone should tell Jensen Ackles. <laughs> I do think it's fucking hilarious that canonically Becky can pickpocket Bob. I do think that is also very funny. Although I assume, like, he let her, I guess, like, in that regard. But also, like, arguably, he's not God yet. So, like, who knows? Fuck it at he this point. He has a God compact. He does have that. Yeah. Oh, one other tiny little point that I just did want to mention. The Croatoan virus is herpes. Oh, yes. No further comment. But that is something that they did. Demon STIs, yeah. They did raise themselves. And I would argue that drinking demon blood is a demon STI. It, I mean, he's drinking it. It's not sexually transmitted. I mean, it's pretty sexual to me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is it done sexually? Like it's, yeah. The know, sexualization of drinking yeah, demon yeah. blood. I don't think that counts as it being sexually transmitted. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, I'm with you, but I'm not with you. That's how demons fuck. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an avatar when they, like, put their ponytails together. <laughs> Anyway, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Jamie, how would you rate The Real Ghostbusters out of five? I think I'm going to give it, like, three and a half. Okay. It's a very fun episode. Unfortunately, there are a few big yikes moments for me that just, like, detract from the viewing experience. Though I do think Chuck is very fun. Becky's very fun. I do think it's very fun. Dean having a... Like, he's having a full breakdown this entire episode. Do you think Chuck is purposefully putting him in situations where he's interacting with queer people. Do you think Chuck did that and was like, this would be so funny? I also think it's just very funny from like a Chuck is God implication standpoint. But yeah, it it was fine. I would give it a three. It was fine. Here's the thing. Do we think the episode would have been better if Misha had been present? Yeah. 100%. I think immediately would have been so much better. I think it would have been so funny to watch Cass interact with these cosplayers. I also just think it's very funny watching Cass interact with Chuck. Yes. Like, Cass and Becky, actually. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, that would have been iconic. The next episode is titled Abandon All Hope. Jamie, do you have any thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, predictions? I want Crowley to be there. So I think some shit's gonna go down and they're gonna try and find Crowley. Seems like the logical place to go, considering they've got the lead of the coat, which is Crowley. I think they're gonna be tracking Crowley down. That's fair and valid. And I think it's gonna go badly. Also fair and valid. The next question is, do we think that Cass will be in next week's episode? I feel like, yeah. I feel, I feel like they're going to ask Cass if he can help them track down Crowley. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it makes sense. Cool beans. Also, I just want to see Cass and Crowley interact. Yes, same. It will be very fun when we get that. So, that brings us to the end of today's episode. If you wanted to interact with us at all, you can always find us on any of our socials. All of the links are in the descriptions below. And possible topics of conversation could include... Which month you are on the Jensen Ackles calendar. <laughs> Great, so now I have to keep that section in. Awesome. Well, oh, Chuck Chuck is God theories. Like, obviously, like, we're only operating within sort of up to this point of Kripke era in terms of those, like, pieces of evidence. But if you have any others that you think we've missed up to this point, let us know, because it was a very fun and prevalent fan theory at this point. And I just think it's fun to talk about. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, and hopefully we have you back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.